details here, including that I have I'm six two. Well, you put it there, not me. I did, I did. Well, she's kind of like um like that's average height for a, like a male chiss, which is her genetic yeah. birth. So she's a little taller than average. Yeah. Um not great for track and field. Turn that down a bit. It's a whole see. interesting ethical can of worms if you want to get into that at some point, but Okay. Uh not of course not today, but next Wednesday I'm doing a twenty four hour stream for charity. So I'm gonna start at six o'clock in the morning central and then at six o'clock central Thursday morning. Uh and I'm gonna do a twenty four hour stream. Uh, I am going to start by painting mm -hmm. after I paint for a little bit. I'm going to, uh, play the darkest dungeon. Um, and whenever I kind of get tired of that, I'm going to read a book. Uh, like aloud? Yes. Aloud. Oh, sweet. What book? Um, I've just picked it. Uh, I've read it before and I want to read it again. It's called fairy tale. By mm. Raymond E. Feist, and it's a story about an author. I, I, I know it. I know it. Do you? Well. It's a really yeah. good book. I enjoy it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was one of the ones I read as a teenager, and I was like, "This is really good. I should read this one." And I lost my copy a long time ago, so I was like, ah, "I'm gonna go get another one." That's an excuse to buy another copy of it. That's, yeah, uh, that's a good call. So I figured I'd read that. Um, and if y'all want to join me, I've opened up the Skype, so anybody that's on that has my Skype can come in and jump in and come in and hang out with me during this. To keep me going, uh, yep. James Wapple, which is, of course, is an amazing painter. Uh, it's Kathy's husband. Uh, he does all of his stuff really, 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 really late at night. And so mm. he's going to join me on some of the night shifts to keep me awake and moving. <laughs> are we Are we playing next week? Um, I don't think we will because it'll be a little too much. That's why we can okay. kind of get our schedule up every other week. No worries. I'm uh, I'm totally down with that, but I mean, if uh, if we're not playing next week, then I've got this uh, this block of time quite free and available to come hang out. So oh, I'm yeah. gonna do that. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll come and we can talk. Uh, oh well, I don't know. It depends what you're doing during that block, I guess. It won't matter if I'm doing something. I'm like, because I can Skype anybody in at any time, so it's not a big deal. I've got I've got everything set up. Where if I'm doing my Twitch solo painting, I'm good there. Uh, all I gotta do is open up Skype. And answer the call, and then if I'm doing game solo, I can put it there. But you can always just call and talk and bullshit. So it's not like cool. It's like, well, yeah. I, I like to talk and bullshit, so I will do that. Yeah, uh, I'm probably going to be free next Wednesday because I'm waiting on the patio set to arrive. <laughs> <laughs> it's scheduled for that day, so I'm going to be here. Awesome. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to need some emotional support. Way to go, keep going, Gonzo, because it's uh, it's for Arkansas Children's Hospital. It's the extra life mm -hmm. that they do. And so I, uh, I'm going to so get, how are you going to stay up for 24 hours? Like I can barely make 12. Oh man. That, I, I don't sleep hardly not, ever. That's not ideal. Most people make at least 16 every day. <laughs> <laughs> I, if you, if you haven't made 24 hours before you haven't gone to a, a war machine convention. <laughs> they, they, that's true. Yeah. I, uh, at Gen Con one year, I ran every overnight tournament and also played in Netrunner nationals oh, and wow played in the first four rounds of masters so i i did not sleep for literally three days until i um left the press gang party 
grabbed a coffee at Starbucks, walked back over to the hall, sat down in the hallway, put my coffee down beside me, slept for an hour, picked up coffee, went back and judged the final semesters. <laughs> now it's an iced coffee. <laughs> it, it was an iced coffee. It was just a melted iced coffee. Like this time. You know, I love the evening tournaments at cons. Uh, well, everyone's plastered. So they're a lot less serious. Uh, yeah, and that's it's a fun environment too. They're definitely more fun. I I don't drink much, so I tend to be the sober one that starts actually winning games for once. It's you know great. who crushes it at night tournaments is uh is night shift workers. I had a oh, guy yes. who won every single overnight tournament at Gen Con, and I was like, dude, what's your secret? You're playing so well, and he's like, I normally work nights. Like, That's like the hours he's normally playing. Yeah, this is, between this is his wheelhouse. <laughs> normally he's playing all, all of his games really tired, and for the first time he's playing against tired opponents, and he's totally alert. It was pretty cool. Anyway, I'm, uh, I'm ready whenever you folks are. I'm uh, yep. I'm excited to be telling the story of Malokia. Malokia. His last name is Sar. Turns out reading character oh. sheets is such. Sorry, I was... My last name might be Biz. <laughs> like, like Frizz Biz is the yes. And is is like uh, Prince and Madonna. He has one name. <laughs> we, we know kids. First name, last name, call sign. <laughs> yeah. Probably his uh, his ICQ login. <laughs> ICQ, holy shit! That's ringing. That's old school. Well, I'm sorry. I'm old school. No, I'm just saying I haven't heard of ICQ in forever. Remember when you use ICQ? I don't IC... even know what it is, so it must be old. It's uh, Windows like Messenger. Well, <laughs> it, it was one of the first instant messenger things out there. Yep. I had that, but I was a child, and I was not allowed to be on it without supervision. Yeah. So it's very hard to ASL people when your mom's watching you. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it was. It was we when we played Ultima Online. ASL location. Ooh, we're near. Six hours away. <laughs> yeah, we're in the same country. I'm definitely a woman. So. I just love the idea that there's so many people who fell in love and they were both guys on the other end pretending to be girls. What? No. Oh, oh, sure. They say most people online like aren't honest about who they are when they don't have to be. What? It's true. Not the internet. <laughs> How could they? The, the, the arbiter of all truth? And, and they're lying? The largest and most unreliable source of information in the world? <laughs> and they lied to me on it? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, the, the, the uh, news sources run by the late Rupert Murdoch are giving them a run for their money. Oh my. It is a, it is a dark time to be alive, folks. <laughs> I may have said this before, but I am I am genuinely scared for the future of democracy or whatever we're calling it these days. Yeah, see, at least you're already in Canada. We just threatened to move to Canada constantly. If there's a war, we're going down first. Like, you guys are already making overtures that we're like a national security threat. I'm pretty sure whatever the American equivalent of Lebensraum is what we count as. <laughs> no, it's okay. You guys have the pipeline. It, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh... The, the American Czechoslovakia. Yeah, that's not that's not no. a good place to be in terms of the lens of history. No. Oh, I'm moving some stuff around. The 
pipeline that if we didn't build, you would just oppressively invade. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good pipeline. I'm glad we're doing that. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, so I can't wait to invade you for oil. It'll happen eventually. It, you know, it like, right now it's oil, but it's it's going to be water. Like, that's the long term. Ice caps. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we're, uh, we're running out of those, too. Okay. All right. So, um, no XP was given. So, uh, small recap, Tim, go ahead and go. What's our small recap of what happened last session? So last session, uh, our intrepid adventurers were sent off on a mission, uh, with the assistance of the now fledgling rebellion group. Uh, they were sent to a planet where intelligence suggests, uh, specifically a contact on point Lottie's contact suggested that he had information that he was willing to trade for money and assistance getting off planet about Jedis that were on the surface. Uh, after some mixed success brokerage with the individual <laughs> in question, uh, we gave him the money, we received the intelligence, and we infiltrated a compound uh, not, not unlike the one we've seen on a couple of other planets that have been occupied by the Sith. Uh, we managed to do so with a combination of stealth and a little aggression. Um, we're fairly successful doing so, and without raising any alarms, we managed to uncover, in an interrogation chamber, a Jedi we had seen before. Our ex-master Turk, uh, who was somewhat worse for the wear, but certainly alive, and uh, I'm going to say sarcastically excited to see us. Yeah, how you go with that? Yeah. It was good. I, I, I had fun. We're all a little shocked and awed by the experience. That was a beautiful recap. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. I'm genuinely enjoying this. And that's pretty much where we are. Y'all had mm. got in and did that, and he looked over and said that, blah, 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 blah. Um, we can go and give out some XP. We're going to give six out this time. Um, because it was kind of a, a shorter thing that was going on. We killed uh. those two guys. Yeah, they're not worth XP. That's not how it works in this game. <laughs> the XP is more abstract than that. If I recall, we had some yeah, is. killing those guys. Six. The second I get XP, I want to spend it all. But I don't have an unspendable amount. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to bank mine. Yes, I too will be banking mine. Um, last time around, Mel got uh, a force power for the first time, which is the heal harm force power. Uh, think, thinking about upgrading that or giving it extra bonuses, maybe the control power or like an extra bonus to range, but I'm a little ways off on either of those. So yes, I too will bank my experience. I'm going to spend it on just trying really hard to. <laughs> um, fair warning, I will be having dinner delivered to me while we're playing because uh, somebody's getting me sushi and uh, well, Ooh. I'm not going to stop the stream 
or wait for sushi. <laughs> how how far away are you from water? Because sushi feels a little risky based on my knowledge of geography. I don't know. We've got we've got two good sushi places here. Sorry. I feel like you sidestepped that question, but I'm going to allow it. Well, I'm in Arkansas, so it is you know decently away, but we've got two good sushi places. Okay. What uh, what sort of sushi did you get? Are you like a California roll man, or is no, this? No, um, we like. I'm getting a Cajun roll, which is a crawfish roll. Okay, that seems fresh water. Yeah, it's fresh. Um, I'm getting a crunchy roll, um, and a spicy octopus. Ooh, nice! And of course, a taco salad. Okay. Do you know what a taco salad is? Uh. I mean, my assumption was it's a salad made out of taco pieces, but maybe no. I'm wrong. It is. Uh, assumption was a Mexican hat, which is the, <laughs> the, the, the lettuce and the meat inside. So, no, it is a octopus and seaweed salad. Oh, that took a turn. Yeah. Okay. It's spelled T A K O. Ah. Uh, see, yeah, that's. I feel like that's cheating. Yes. <laughs> So, all right. So uh, that's pretty much where we left off. Uh, other than that, uh, we can go with whatever you need to. You're pretty much no alarm or anything has sounded. I'm getting kind of situated. Um, so Turk is there. He kind of gives you that look. You can tell we've already described that his face kind of and part of his body looks kind of like Two Face in a bit. Uh, one side of his face is completely screwed up and damaged. Uh, and of course, he rolls over and gives you the line of "It's about time," um, and is waiting for you to do what you do. Okay, um, Mel's going to, uh, with an apologetic look on her face, say, um, "Is there anything else we need to get from here, or anyone else here that you know of?" Um, no, you just need to get out. All right, let's get out of here. So she's okay. going to kind of grab him, make sure he's able to be transported or doesn't need any assistance walking. He and does need assistance walking. Um, he has trouble. You can tell that he's kind of emancipated, uh, that some of his, you know, his body is worse for wear. Mm-hmm. Burned and beaten up and holes and all this other stuff. Uh, is there any kind of like superficial damage that I could do like a medicine check to help with or is this no, all like more long term it, it's all long term torture okay uh, Mel's gonna kind of pull him underneath her shoulder and probably crouch down a little bit to do so mm-hmm. um, although he's a chist too we're probably pretty close in height and she's gonna you know head toward the exit and then say um, uh, cover me uh, make sure things are clear we have to get out of here as quickly as possible Anne's gonna take point okay uh, you can get out. Uh, no problem. I mean, of course, everything's been dead the whole way through this. Um, you can get out the front uh, door, scoot around the back, and then, of course, go through the cut area of the fence like you did last time. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, it just takes you time. You're actually pretty pretty, pretty quiet about it. Uh, pretty slow. Uh, it takes some time, and, of course, uh, Turk is definitely... Ooh, and on and uh, 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 and you know, having issues as he's walking. Oh yeah, go everybody, give me a force roll so we get that out of the way. Mm, yes, yeah, I forgot to do that. Yep, totally forgot to do that too. Oh good, it's gonna be one of those sessions. Hmm. 
It's not a three dark side thing section, though. Yeah, we've had a few of those. <laughs> yeah, we have had. Um, in all this, Frizz used some of the experience she gained from this experience and got a little bit more cool just out of nowhere. Just Start a little, sparkle bit, a little bit. The return of her uh, her previous master and trainer has uh, <laughs> solidified her sense of self. Hey, just making sure he's not leaving a blood trail behind, is he? No. Okay. Just want to make sure. Nope. Send out the dogs. So, uh, you get through. Uh, it is definitely taking you a lot longer, of course, because you're dragging a six foot plus tall, you know, chiz along with you. Um, and then eventually you get to your location where you're supposed to. Um, most likely, uh, an hour and a half longer than what you thought it would take. Um, other than that, you need to be in communication and talk about what you need to do. Can we radio ahead to Lottie? Is that uh Yes, you definitely know that you're you're gonna be not, you know <laughs> on the right time. Yeah, our rendezvous will have to be delayed because yes. person who takes time to move. Yep. Um, and you do, and eventually they kinda show up. Um and she Lottie and uh, everybody else that's on the ship are coming down to help you. And they are Pleasantly shocked of who you have. Mel's going to keep an eye on Turk's reaction to the extent that there is one. Um, He's obviously in a lot of pain and maybe he won't respond. But if there's anybody who, like, he sees in this group that he's not, like, relieved to see or that he's sort of maybe surprised to see, she's going to kind of just make a mental note of that. Okay. Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing comes out of your head or nothing comes out of their in any way, form, or fashion that you notice right off the bat. These all seem like either unknowns or rebels who he would expect to be part of his little rebellion? Correct. Okay. Um, they help him down and put him in put him in a, a, an area for him to sleep and start working on his wounds, which I can say. Um, we probably don't have a back-to-tank on the ship. No, no. <laughs> um... Not at all. But, um, they Which start trying. What do you say, Max? Which ship do we have? Um, I don't remember what ship y'all took. I don't remember what ship y'all took. Did, did we take the, the, like, the freighter, the, like, cargo ship? I think it was. Okay. We'll just say what it is. There's no space combat, so don't worry about it. Okay. You gotta get me those files first before we can get a space combat. Oh, I did. Now, um, send them to me again just to make sure. Okay. <laughs> and then they'll be there for next time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, y'all get and take off on the ship. Um, oh, shoot. Hold on. Give me one second, guys. I need to make this phone call. I missed a call. I knew I was... No worries. No problem. We'll just metagame while you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not blinding anyone. 
just me. Sorry. <laughs> I looked up to see if you were blinding me. That was a mistake. <laughs> why? Why was that the move? Because <laughs> like. You okay, sorry just... about that. Awesome. You're getting a meta game. Sure, go right ahead. Yeah, I'm not sure how that would even matter. Yeah, I don't think that's with what's yeah. going on. I don't think that's uh, gonna happen. Um, okay. Um, Y'all get back, <clears throat> and pretty much, um, they take him right off of the ship. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. Take him right off the ship and head him straight into uh, the med bay area that y'all have already. You already have y'all both. Y'all three know about it. Um, A seven is definitely shocked. Um, if you've ever seen a droid have emotions, he's definitely got it right here. Um, Positive emotions, like he's yes, he's cool uh, and shock and everything that stuff's going on. But you know, definitely uh, positive. Um, everybody's escort. They escort him in, take him out. Uh, everybody's escorted out, and A 7s in there working on him. Lottie and Sarge are both looking at you, and like, so, uh, tell us what happened. Well, uh, sorry. Nope. Okay. Is that uh, as heavily defended as it should have been? Yeah, I mean, the intelligence was good. I mean, obviously, uh, there were guards, but um, enough that we could either sneak past or, or manage our way in. Um, it's not clear to me whether he was left there or, you know, they, they finished interrogating him or if they were just preparing for another round. But uh, obviously, he was alive, so there was, there was information that they still needed to get out of him. No one else in there? Not, not that we found. I mean, there were there were a the couple of guards that were, you know, in the facility, but uh, no, no one else that uh, that was in any of the cells. They were they were empty or, the, you know, contained bodies. Gotcha. Okay. Well, uh, A seven is going to work on him. We'll check back in a day or so, see how he's doing. Um, other than that, we have stuff that needs to be done around here because um, we're going to have to go on a run pretty soon. Um, we've got a. Um, call that uh, a certain cargo is manifesting somewhere and we're going to go take it out. Not a resupply, but like a hit and run? Mm, more of a hit and run, a guerrilla tactic type thing. Just to disrupt everything. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously we're happy to help wherever we needed. Um, I, I have some medical skills, but obviously nothing compared to A7. I'm Happy to assist with uh, with Turk if it's necessary. Otherwise, I'm I'll work on some of the ships and make sure things are in ship shape. Okay. Um, you have about a day to do whatever you want. If there's anything in particular, um, if not, let me know and we can just kind of fast forward time a bit. Frisbee's just checks out a room and makes sure nobody messes with any of her stuff. Nobody messes with any of your stuff. Okay, she would know. <laughs> She has garbage strategically placed in case someone walks in a room. She's just not around. <laughs> Mel's gonna um, like handle enough responsibilities that it feels like she's contributing. But if she has like a couple of hours or a half day, she's gonna go do some 
work some pharmaceutical magic and manufacture a bunch of uh, pills. Okay. For her drug dependency. <laughs> okay. Uh, Gand? to be replaying the events of uh, the uh, rescue because he, he is convinced that there's something that they missed there. Okay. Alright. Other than that, uh, again, nothing pops off your head. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing goes crazy with it. Nothing just kind of automatically um, has anything to do with it. Um, other than that, um, it kind of just goes on without, you know, normal. I mean, everything just seems normal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it may have seemed a little bit too easy, but nothing, you know, stands out. Okay. Nothing makes your, your thing go, yep, this is bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, in the morning, cat, you see, um, <laughs> you, uh, A7 comes knocking on your door, uh, Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, Mel, Mel opens the door. Uh, she's still probably working on the stuff that she's been working on, not getting a ton of sleep. So she looks a little bit bleary eyed and she's mm-hmm. wearing chemist goggles. Um, yes. Uh, he's ready to see you now. Get the other two. Very well. Um, Mel's going to take a moment to kind of clean herself up and um, at least wipe her face down. And uh, she's going to go to Frizz's room and track down Gand and head to the uh, the medical bay. Okay. Uh, you track them down, no problem. They're where they normally are. You got to open up Frizz's room and knock on it and stuff, and it kind of reeks in there. Like a teenage boy, you know, never cleaned room. Uh, Turk is ready to see us and we should talk about this situation later I didn't have running water on my home world okay she went off her face they have it here and you may wish to avail yourself of it also I feel bad for your home world well, uh, let's Frizz let's go. Always, yeah, Frizz is always excited to follow Mel anywhere, so she just hops up, doing whatever she's doing, just falls off her lap, whatever project, and she just exits her room. Okay, <laughs> you get up and go. Um, you eventually, of course, it's down in the med bay. Um, he's kind of sitting up in the bed, um, not completely, but definitely up a bit. And he kind of looks at you and kind of, you know, he's nursing a drink and kind of chewing on some food. Um, and notices you and looks at you and kind of motions you in. Um, Master Turk, it's good to see you alive. Um, we, we weren't sure we'd ever see you again. Um, we've followed your advice the best we can. Obviously, we're but a small resistance. Uh, what can we do now? Please tell us where we've gone wrong. Well, have you been using my notes to find artifacts first? <sighs> um, so I've gone through your notes at great length and I've had a little bit of trouble making meaningful headway with them. 
Uh, we traveled to one possible lead uh, after an enormous amount of research, and I, I can show you what I came up with to the extent that it's it's even worth looking at. But um, the 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 planet we went to didn't have anything that I would call a, a useful artifact. Um, a lot of study and a lot of lore, but but nothing nothing that we left there with uh, beyond the the partial remnants of a, an old lightsaber. Hmm. Which is noteworthy, but um, I, I didn't feel like they were going to win a revolution against the Sith for us. So we um, we followed the lead of Sarge and Lottie, and we we helped them in the missions that seemed of considerable urgency, including some resupply for the uh, for the colony here. Um, but uh, now that you're you're back, maybe you can help us understand what what your plan was. Go get my book. Um, Mel doesn't need to hear anymore. She turns right around and rushes up to her room uh, where she recovers. Um, she takes the holocron and a number of books and a bunch of other things, including some of the notes that she's made in a bit of a personal journal, and she brings them down, ready to kind of present on the subject. Um, she lays the book out in front of him in his sort of tray where he's got the food after making sure she's not putting it in a puddle of food. And then she... Um, you know, shows him some of the notes she's made, a couple of the connections. Um, she really has spent a lot of time working on this, and it's obvious from the like incredibly detailed, small note-taking, which is all in the Chiss alphabet because it's um, better <laughs> and more more optimal for like putting great amounts of swaths of information all in the same spot at the same time. But it should be obviously familiar to him. And uh, you know, she she shows him everything she's got and and looks genuinely embarrassed to have not kind of discovered what secret he was he was hunting after okay uh while you're going up there i'm gonna cut, cut it so that you can come back and oh sure your yep. uh while you're cut while you're up there while he's gone uh turk looks at you frizz and is like so you kicking ass or just being a pain in the ass did we mention we saved sarge and you you're welcome i didn't ask if you did your job i'm asking if you're kicking ass <laughs> Obviously, to get to Sarge, there was a little bit of ass kickery, uh, but I can't say I was alone. I did have some help from my friend the Gond over here. <laughs> he looks over at you, Gand, and is like, "So, you getting paid, or are you doing this for free now?" Wait, we were getting paid. There's no one who can pay me. <laughs> so, so I guess this is pro bono work. Pro bono. Okay. He's, he's going to be expecting a lot of back pay from Turk right now. <laughs> Plus some danger pay, because let's be no, honest. No, here. actually, he's like, currently, in order to get pay, he, he's going to have to eliminate the uh, problem in, in his uh, ability to take jobs. That is the Sith Empire. Step one to getting paid rebuild infrastructure necessary for payroll. Exactly. <laughs> so, step two, question mark. Step three, profit. <laughs> exactly. Okay. A miracle occurs somewhere in between steps one and three. So th that goes on. Um, you pretty much, you know, ha have all that. Um, by the time it comes down, uh, you lay out that stuff. Um, he kind of looks at all three of y'all and he's like, y'all need to be finding these. You need to quit going over to all the 
little stuff that they're doing, and I need you to find this stuff. Got a little bit of dog barking in a bit, because I got someone's home. Um, so I need y'all to do this. And you should have seen this clue a long time ago, Mel. He flips over the book or a few pages and points down and shows you a small cipher that you missed because it's written in another cipher. <laughs> Mel's eyebrows raise slightly and then they raise a little bit further up. Yeah, he, he shows you where the cipher is and how to figure out this cipher so you can decode what he's written in certain edges of the corner. You're probably right. I should have figured that out. Um, yeah, I... Uh, that's really interesting. That unlocks a whole realm of possibility here. Yeah. Um... So he sits there and he does that. Um, and he kind of flips and he's like, this is the one I was working on and this is the one I need you to find. This one right here, you need to work on this and find out where this Datacron is. This Datacron is extremely important. Okay. Um, I'll work on it right away. Okay. Uh, she takes the, the book um and the newly revealed cipher and uh she's she's walking up the stairs to her room but she's she's leaping through the book and looking for you know translations of it she's already kind of basically on the project i'm hold on a second it's a little embarrassed and it feels like she probably should have figured that out already but uh, before Mel frit, or leaves, Frizz is going to uh, ask her a question. Uh, is it Datacron like a holocron? Uh, sort of. Normally a Datacron contains information, not necessarily holographic in nature. Um, the same kind of level of semi-sentience is not typical of a Datacron. Um, it's it's more like just, just uh, it contains details. It's, uh, it's a bit like a book but smaller. Without pictures. They, you know, they can have pictures. They just Thank don't always. Okay. You know when it looks like I should be okay then. I think so. I, maybe. We'll find out together. <laughs> okay. Um, he shows you how to do the cipher, how to figure it out. Um, so now you can kind of... you After like an hour or so, you're like, oh, this is making a bit more sense. Yep. Um, Mel's happy to chip away at it. She's, she feels like anxious that she's kind of failed the group and failed her master, possibly failed the entire Jedi people. But uh, she still sort of diligently works away at it and sees what she can make of the, uh, the newly unveiled information. Okay. Um, you can start working on this, but it's going to definitely take you some time to figure out what you're doing. Um, how long depends on how well you do on your research. Mm. Well, I, uh, I, I like researching. That's kind of, kind of her jam. Uh, how difficult is the research? Mm. This is her research. It is. Mm-mm-mm-mm. 
It's a standard difficulty, an average, but it is a setback in here. Okay. One setback. Average difficulty. Sorry, I'm going to eat while we're doing this. Can't let sushi go to waste. Is that the name of a Marvel villain? <laughs> All right. Uh, Mel was moderately successful. <laughs> it actually takes you three days to figure it out. Oh, jeez. So, give y'all, let y'all do it. Yeah. Uh, with a check like that, I'm going to say Mel is, um, she leaves her room only occasionally and only to get uh, food. Um, her normal, like, is this vegetarian? Like, I want to make sure I don't have anything die to eat the food that I eat. Like that whole ritual is basically abandoned. She just assumes that people are taking care of her because she comes down, picks up food that she's pointed at and, you know, always is a book in hand or notes or is taking some notes and barely makes eye contact or talks to anybody else. Every once in a while, she like mutters some frustration or, or says like something like really excitedly and starts flipping through pages, but she's in and out of the room doing basically nothing but those things. Uh, okay. At the end of the third day, she smells a little bit like Frizz's room. <laughs> <laughs> so guys y'all have about three days to play around with if there's anything you want to do particular nobody well Mel's um, doing that thing <laughs> I don't know if Frizz would be much help but uh, I think she would probably go over and check on Mel and see if she needed help reading anything or maybe someone else just look at it with them and there's the reason why you have a setback. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Frizz, you walk up in, and you see Mel's got all of her stuff laid all over the place and just, like, mo going back and forth, putting up pens, writing stuff on things. Go for it. What are you going to do? Um, she knocks the door gently. Listens in. Um, Mel doesn't respond at all. So she walks in. Assuming it's not locked. Uh, no eye contact, no locked doors, yep. She's gonna kind of appear and... Wow, you, you smell really good. Did you switch to something? I really like that. You get like a... Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. No, that sounds uh, good. Just a try, Frizz. Just gonna sit next to her, pick up one of the mountain of books and hope that it's one that maybe Turk gave her. She doesn't know. She never bothered to read any of them. Uh... <laughs> And try to do some research herself. Maybe get a, a roll for that? Sure. I don't know what kind of book she picked. What kind of roll would that be? It's a research roll. Research. All right, let's do a research roll. How good am I at researching this book? You've got a daunting, which is four purple and one black. <laughs> That's what you get for not having spent most of the campaign already reading these books. <laughs> it's called research. I don't have a research stat. Um, it could be uh, lore. Lore. Yeah. I'm sure lore. it's lore. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> you are participating. <laughs> you uh, you sit there and you like, you see a picture of something that's like a cube and it's drawn, and you're super excited because you think you found some of the greatest information that's possible. That's definitely going to benefit uh, Mel and her studies. 100% this thing will solve all of her problems. Mel, 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 Mel. Mel, you should look at this. I think this is going to solve all of our problems. Is this the data crumb? Mel, like, ignores Frizz until it's literally impossible to not ignore Frizz mm -hmm. anymore. And then she looks over and is like, what are you, what is going on? She looks at the book. photo of the cube. And it's just a picture of a cube of what a datacron might look like. That great. That's a datacron. Keep I up can... the good work. <laughs> I will. I will keep up the good work. Do you wanna? Do you wanna see if anyone else here has some suggestions? Maybe take some of the books down. She like quickly looks up at the books. And sort of like triages them into two piles of like books that are probably important and books that she's already gone through that aren't important and says, here, you go through this half. All right, I will. I'll go through the whole <laughs> half. Uh, yeah, I'm sure uh, I'm sure the Gand or that other lady, sassy lady, will probably help too. And yeah, ask, uh, ask Lottie. Definitely talk to her. <laughs> yeah, I will. So she grabs her stack of books and uh, heads on out. Okay. Drops one, but she picks it back up real quick. Don't get any jam on the books. <laughs> jam? Oh, I was literally just going to go eat some jam. Mm. <laughs> okay. You run down and you see Gand walking up with like a plate of food. And he's like walking up towards you as you're going down the stairs. <laughs> she excitedly runs up to him. Uh, doesn't care if he's eating or not. She does look at his plate of food to see if anything she might want. No. It's that, yeah. it's that gross stuff. Definitely not want. Uh, she has a, all of a sudden she has traumatic flashbacks of a drink. <laughs> she doesn't remember what drink, but she remembers she doesn't want to eat things that the can usually ingests. Uh, um, <laughs> Literal her, poison. Her stack of 6 to 12 books and splits them in half and says, hey, would you like to help me do some research? It's a mission from Mel. It's official. This one thinks that you were given this mission on purpose. Or it and was given on purpose. That's so important. Would be the best one at, at handling said mission. <laughs> this one is busy training in martial arts and working with some of the uh, sparring with some of the rebels that we've got on the base because they're less dangerous to me to spar with than either you or Mel who want to do it with lightsabers. Because <laughs> we do. Um, she pulls out her back pocket and pulls out a crumpled pieces of paper. Uh, and the paper is the cube out of that book. She desecrated a book and ripped out a page. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to think outside the cube. <laughs> and then she gives him a book. Trust me. I know there's gold in there. Maybe you can read it. I can barely read half these words. Or numbers. Under his plate uh, and proceeds to walk the rest of the way to his room. 
He kind of like blows you off and just kind of walks on past you. You see a couple of the other... <laughs> you see a couple of other rebels sitting down there, and then you see... Um, you also see uh, Lottie with Sarge sitting down there having drinks and stuff at the at the area, the hangout area around the fire pit right now. Well, she immediately walks over to them. Um, she, she stops for a moment decides to be a little cooler because it didn't work with the gun, and she just sits next to them and she puts her big pile of books. She opens one up, and she looks over and goes, I'm researching stuff. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Sarge looks over at you and goes, do you know how to read? Yes. Oh. It just depends on the language. Oh. No, I'm not talking about looking at pictures. Do you know how to decipher words? If I have the book the right direction, I usually do pretty good. Sometimes you gotta shift it around and they make sense. Um, speed up, what are you, what are you guys doing? Uh, has Turk spoken to you at all? Does, We've talked to her for a little bit. Yeah, think he's yeah. doing okay. He's doing well, fine. What are you guys? What is your mission right now? Like we have a mission, but what are you? What do you do? We're about to go kill some Sith. Oh, we're at. On a planet you don't need to know about. So we're gonna get drunk before this because this could be our last day. And every year, a couple other other rebels and stuff are like, oh, they kind of make a cheer, and everybody takes a few drinks. Chris closes her book um, and suddenly realizes that today might be her last day as well. Um, decides <laughs> to have a drink with them. Over under, who had 10 minutes for researching being over and drinking <laughs> beginning? <laughs> I think that's about where she'd probably spend the rest of her evening at that point. Okay, so you get pretty sloshed. Understandable. <laughs> it's typical for his. Low tolerance, kind of small. Strong drinks doesn't help much. Hmm. Not when you're four foot two or whatever. <laughs> Dicks or something. <laughs> I'm sure they're drinking like the dankest of home brewed moonshines. The dankest of crap. Okay. Right, this is this is some toilet bowl stuff here. It's uh, <laughs> high grade. Throw a couple raisins in they there. Burn throat lozenges. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh. Mel, uh, give me a, uh, what's a good check for this? Where's my, um, give me a perception check. No negatives. I will make a perception check. Can I decipher the title of this book that was thrust into my hands at least? <laughs> Mm. What languages do you speak? I don't even know what languages I speak. I'm assuming I speak Galactic, Common, and Gand. Hmm. I haven't taken any extra languages. I'm assuming that's what I start with. Yeah. Languages are pretty ad hoc in this game. So, yeah. like, if you want to, like, have a reason to speak Shilliwook or whatever, you can if you're Han Solo from the most recent movie yeah. or something like that. Just, like, this one, this one's just a rare... Yeah, it, it's kind of pretty much open. This one's just kind of rare. Okay. Uh, so, so like, you know, if you've got a good reason to have spoken it, then sure. But, like, like Mel definitely speaks the Chiss language, and she's probably got some, like, you know, space equivalent of Latin and some other things like that. She doesn't speak Gand. 
she doesn't speak Shirley Wook or anything weird like that. Like the the sort of conversational underground races don't make any sense for her to know, but the like weird, obscure, old race like languages she probably does know because she's just studied a lot of languages. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, character would be conversational underground races. Yeah, you would have you know like the uh, the thieves can't you know and underground stuff would be not a problem, but you might know something ones. like hutties because you like That's negotiate with them. Yeah, like. Okay. Mel might know how to conjugate in Huddies, but probably doesn't speak it. <laughs> uh, Mel, you're sitting there studying, and all of a sudden you hear like a lot of banging and a lot of noise and uh, coming from outside your room and downstairs. Um, you kind of go out there and open the door, and you see that standing on the edge of the fire pit with one of your books is Frizz, drunk as shit. Trying to read it as a Shakespearean type play at the oh. loudest, toppest of her, you know, of her voice, trying to describe what's going on. Go ahead, Frizz. <laughs> She's standing up there with her arm up. Uh, and then you take the equation divided by the multiplier. Uh, this would come with a result that. Yeah. And to be. And she drops the book. Oh, and then she drops herself. Um, I need a athletics checks with at least three purples. At least she's rather athletic. <laughs> Almost done with dinner, guys. Hey, if I have a stat that lets me take away a black... That's just the black, not uh, purple or anything Correct. else. You said three purples, right? Nothing mm -hmm. else. Ah. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. That's uh, that's that's weird. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, yeah, that's um. Things went really badly, but also really well somehow. She's standing up there. Well She's got the book, and she's trying to make some stuff and everything. <laughs> Again, you don't hear it. <laughs> she's got the book waving it around above the fire pit and stuff, and goes to, like, toss the book, and the book falls out of her hand into the fire pit. Oh, no. But at the last second, as she reaches to go do it, she falls back, and when she does, her foot hits the book, and it lands off into the side and skidded across, skids across the ground. Mel, like, takes a moment to appraise the situation and just, like, concludes on balance that she just needs to leave and goes back into her room. <laughs> I think this is going to hurt her more than it's going to be useful to the researching princess. Okay. You do that. Um, and pretty much the night goes down. Uh, Frizz, you wake up still at the fire pit, kind of sleeping with your legs and butt and part of your back on like the edge of the sofa and your head is on the ground and shoulders are on the ground. Um, Gand, you do find her like this. There's a couple other people that are there kind of passed out too, but she's definitely Gand sleeping really weird. Do what? Gand nudges her with his foot. This, this does look like a position people would normally sleep in. <laughs> I would like to point out that your foot gets suspiciously wet. <laughs> Suspiciously wet. Oh, she just put it away. <coughs> uh. 
just rolls over to her side on the floor. She's alive, doesn't care anymore. Okay. <laughs> Continues walking to the uh, kitchen area to find his breakfast. Okay. Uh, Mel, you notice mm-hmm. as you're walking down to go get your breakfast, you see Gand kicking uh, Frizz awake. And she's kind of like, Ugh. as you notice her peculiar sleeping position. Mel, uh, like, sidelong glances Frizz, collects, like, some breakfast. She's, she's like, collects the breakfast in one hand while she's got, like, her other hand is still actively reading a book. And then she, uh, she walks past Frizz to the, like, pile of books that she gave her yesterday and just scoops those up and heads back up the stairs to resume her research. You, you look at the books and you notice that some pages are torn out. Like a lot of them. Well, <laughs> She flinches kind of visibly, uh, almost drops her breakfast, and then just just collects them and okay. sighs. Okay. Um, Frizz, it is roughly about mid-afternoon before you finally wake up. And you notice, like, everybody else is moving around, doing things. And... Your books are gone. <gasps> my books are gone. Also, my pillow. My book was my pillow. I don't know where that <laughs> went. Um, she just assumes they're in her room. She must have put them there last night. She re- specifically remembers, thinking back, she was in her room all night studying really, really hard. Uh, <laughs> so they have to be there. And she's really, really hungry has kind of a headache, so she decides instead that she'll go to the kitchen. Because she deserves a snack after all that work she did. <laughs> okay. You uh, you go to the kitchen, and of course, you can go get your food. The droid's in there cooking up a few things, finishing up packing and making food for everybody. Meal prepping. Meal prepping. Um, she is trying to recall when she was supposed to go on a mission next. Uh, Bates on maybe finding somebody and seeing if she's supposed to be getting ready here soon. It has been a couple days, but she kind of... It's only been one day. <laughs> it's only... been a... It feels like a week. <laughs> yeah, it's only been one day. <laughs> she has a week's worth of hangover. <laughs> that should be true. Yeah, I guess uh, Yeah, I guess she would just eat and try to recuper- recuperate her energy. She has a headache from reading so much, it makes complete sense. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Very straining on the eyes. Yeah, no, that's, that's logic of sorts. Okay. Um, you eventually get your food and go back to your room, and it's pretty much just like you'd normally find it. The books are not here. It's so refreshing to be back in my room. It's exactly how I left it. Um, she assumes that she hid them from herself. She does that a lot. Carries on. <laughs> hid them from herself. Okay. The trick to finding them will be to get a, to, to get in a state of inebriation similar to when you lost them. <laughs> <laughs> it works almost every time. Okay. Um, 
other than that, the pretty much the day goes by no problem. Um, Fraser, are you going to go look for your books, or are you just going to chill? She's probably going to pass out. She needs to recuperate, because she's going to get called on a mission soon. Okay. Uh, Gan, do you think you want to do in particular? Well, since all of Gan's sparring partners are uh, leaving, leaving on this mission... Very much so. Uh, Gan is going to probably uh, meditate on the roof. Okay. And when he feels, and at some point, probably go and hang out with Turk to uh, try and convince him to get better quicker, because I'm pretty, he's pretty sure Turk might know hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat without a lightsaber. I'm sure. Yep, he does. You can spend the day talking with him, just BSing and having a little bit of fun, no problem. Yep. And hang out. Um... Other than that, the day goes by is pretty much no problem whatsoever. Um, when I get back to my room, though, I notice the book that I was handed and proceed to uh, return that to Mel before uh, uh, checking out for the evening. Okay. All right, you do that. Um, you you hear a knock at your door, Mel. Mel just like like just says fine and and kind of is barely paying attention. Does not look up as uh, Gand enters the room. Okay. Continues to work on the research she's been working on pretty single-mindedly. Gand yeah. enters the room, sets the book down somewhere where he doesn't think it will be in her way, and then uh, walks out. Okay. She probably doesn't even notice. At, at some point, like 45 minutes after he's left, she, she reaches over to the book, assuming it's a tray of food, and then like realizes it's not, and is slightly confused, but continues on her research. Okay. You uh, you do that. Nothing happens. And all of a sudden, uh, you hear another knock at your door. Uh, okay. Mel will uh, will respond to it. Okay. Uh, you notice that it is uh, A7. Um, he's like, um, so have you found or done anything? What are you doing? Um, the cipher that Turk shared with me was key. Um, I've managed to decode much of the initial information that he researched. And I'm now at this point trying to figure out to pinpoint an exact location. Okay. Uh, we're, I know what we're looking for. I know where we're looking for it broadly. And, uh, how much of this process do you really want to know about? Uh, at this point, I'm, I'm tracing the lineage of a, an artifact that was carried across uh, multiple planets. I'm just trying to get a logical place for it to have settled so that we can begin a mission. Gotcha. Okay. I, I feel like I'm close, but uh, I felt like I was close before and hit snags. Um, but the research is going well. Um, but it's it's there's a lot of volume, and it's it's required a lot of focus okay no problem obviously if turk was well he could he could help but um I, i'd rather not bother him if uh if this is something i can figure out on my own no problem all right he just wanted to make sure that you're doing okay and everything yeah um if you can keep uh frizz distracted that would help 
she's sleeping her hangover off right now. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, pretty much the second day goes by no problem. Third day, by the end of the third day, Mel, you'll have all the information you need. Uh, Frizz, you wake up. Uh, pretty much decently relieved. Uh, Gand, you got to spend more of the, a, a bit of time talking with uh, with uh, Turk. Uh, not much was you didn't. I mean, you just gained like information, but no tactical or you know physical. Yeah, it, it, it was more to have something to do that didn't involve trying to uh, keep Frizz in line. Correct. Um, all right, you go ahead and do that. Uh, third day, about three o'clock or so, uh, Mel, you found the location. Okay. Um, Mel has a kind of eureka moment. Uh, she runs screaming out of her room, uh, with the book in hand and waving her arms. Um, she's not quite as put together as she normally is. So she's wearing like, like a weird, like shorts and a weird shirt underneath like robes that are open and flowing everywhere. Um, so she's, she rushes down and like. You're seeing more Mel skin than you normally would. Long, gangly legs and slightly weird-looking arms. Um, and, and some scarring in a couple of unusual spots. Uh, but she rushes down into the main common area and she says, I found it. I know exactly where we need to go. We should go as soon as possible. Frizz and Gan, you're both down there when this happens. Uh, Gan gets to work loading the ship. Gan's just been waiting for this <laughs> result, so... If he hears it, it's like, okay, load the ship. Uh, Mel is going to go take the details to Turk as soon as Gand is loading the ship, and she's going to say, I, I found it, I know exactly where we need to go. And she's going to show him her uh, her research and make sure it sort of checks out with what he's been doing. Okay. Uh, as you see this, she's like, you know, freaking out that she's found this spot. Yes. Uh, Frizz is easily excitable and so she also gets super excited and starts jumping around as well um she does take a moment to uh admire mel's beautiful beautiful long blue legs uh and then follows gandong to go get supplies ready and whatnot for the mission <laughs> okay you head off um turk is like all right go get it it looks good uh the information you found out is it's a small planet way out on the outer rim um, really, really small, in fact. Um, habitable by, habitable uh, by humans, so it has an atmosphere, but it's very jungle-like. Um, and it's small, comparably to, like, our moon. So, really small. Um, part of the cluster of other small uh, planets. But um, out in nowhere, should nobody should be around there. Um, but it is a uh, jungle, tropical environment. Mel's going to recommend that they take uh, a small ship, something likely to, to not leave much of a trail, and that they they pack what they need for the environment, um, which she'll describe to Gand and assume he has covered. That's the uh, YT. It's going to be our small ship. So That's the only one you have, really. Yeah. You got one transport ship, but it wouldn't make this distance. No. It would be too much of a problem. So y'all have y'all's personal ship. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Has the engine designed to leave less of a trace. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Uh, you making to do anything before y'all get in, get to the atmosphere and get out of here? Um, Mel's just gonna like wash, uh, <laughs> clean up. <laughs> yeah, she's um, she's kind of gone through her clothes without having time to do any laundry. Um, so she is just kind of going through robes and sort of like sniffing them to find something clean. And she grabs a robe that smells clean and is on the ship with it before she realizes that it's the um, robe that belonged to the Jedi that they found on their first encounter together. Okay. Riz makes sure that she packs enough food for her and her two friends. (laughs) Mel barely managed to get clean clothes, so she has not packed enough food for herself. Dan has brought enough rations for everyone on on his little pallet thing that he moves stuff to and from the ship with. He also made sure to bring our climbing materials again. (laughs) That's very smart. The one thing Mel does remember to bring is um, a packet of her drugs. Her drugs. And my training lightsaber. Training lightsaber? Yeah, and a gun if I have one. <laughs> if I can find it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, y'all pack up appropriate, no problem. Uh, you get up and you start going. Uh, it's going to take you probably about mm, maybe a week or so. Because uh, I know you're not going to try to hit any major ports or, you know, anything along the way that, you know, would definitely uh, do anything. Um, but it takes about a week to do what you need to do. Um, you get to there no problem uh and you start you head into there <clears throat> head into the uh planets where it's at and you come out of warp first question any other signs of other ships or even recent travel for this uh, area? let's do that center check is that uh astrogation it's all part of that gand ability I can't. You do it. You figure it out. I don't know how ships work. I know how to fix them. I know how to plot a course. That's about the extent of my abilities. Everything else is you. I can meditate on things, but that wouldn't help me with the... uh, The Part of your astrogation. Yeah, it's probably either astrogation or piloting planetary. Probably piloting planetary. And that is what I will roll. What uh, do we need to... Standard difficulty. Standard difficulty? Mm-hmm. Ah, no threat. How good. Good, just to, just a fail. Just a fail. <laughs> yeah, I pick in. No, you don't see anything. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna assume everything's fine then. Okay. Why wouldn't I? Yep. Um, you can go and get down into uh, the planet, no problem. Uh, you know a rough estimated area of where it should be. 
Okay. Uh, Mel's gonna give Gan that information and let him uh, take us take us in. Okay. Is is there a landing zone a place where I can land this night? No. This no. <laughs> Not anywhere near. With us. Do what? We have A seven with us. No. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say that I trust Mel with the controls a little better than I trust Frizz. Yeah, it's understandable. I'm going like... to go down to the uh, ventral turret and, and clear us an LZ. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's that's a thorough thought. Um, Mel's going to get the controls, and she's going to just basically try to hold the ship a steady. Okay. Uh, that, that's, um, essentially, that's what Gan would show you to do. Don't touch anything. Keep us in the air. Yeah, she, she has uh, only an academic understanding of uh, the physics involved here, so she's not pushing any buttons. Okay. Uh, it takes you quite a bit of time, but you eventually get to where you can make a place that's suitable for landing. Somewhere where there's not like a, you know, geological formation likely to collapse and cause earthquakes for days. Correct. <laughs> I, I was thinking that the trees were just so dense that I couldn't do anything about it. So it was like... <laughs> It's not great. Cutting them down. (laughs) Okay, Uh, you you get that, no problem. Um, You can land it. Um, Other than that, you can head down to the ship if you need. Head down to the ground if you need to, if you're ready. Mm -hmm. And loads up his, uh, slides the vibro knuckles over his fingers, slings his, uh, blaster over his back, and is ready to go. Okay. All right. Mel, you're in charge of where they need to go. You know where it's at. Okay. Um, Mel's gonna lead the, lead the way. Um, she's got her lightsaber drawn and she's using a kind of like a machete to just sort of like clear what's in front of her um she's probably also using it like a little bit of a bug zapper at this point (laughs) to keep the mosquito population in check um which feels like hugely disrespectful of the jedi tradition but uh we're in a swamp and the situation here is only vaguely tolerable so she uh (laughs) she's gonna deal with what she can Um, meanwhile she's gonna explain kind of um some details about you know why her research makes her think this is the right spot um which probably is of little interest to her party um go and give me a lore check to make sure that you're following and you remember where you're going mm. and a navigation is that what's that um survival sorry Lore to remember and survival to keep going in the right direction. No problem with the lore. Uh, yep. Uh, I'm going to use one of those advantage to give myself a bonus on the survival check. Go for it. Uh, I have to remember what skill survival is associated with. Cunning. Yeah. Well, I'm a 
average good at that. Average good. Zero ranks. Um, eh, it's not terrible. Yeah. Takes a little bit, you know, <clears throat> it, it, it takes a little bit longer than what you had thought. Uh, but you finally arrive at this ziggurat-type structure. Um, mm. Multiple-tiered-type pyramid structure on it. Um, it has, what you can tell, uh, a door exactly on the side that you made it on. Mm. You can tell that there's like an indent to where like possibly a door door could be. Okay. Um, so that's definitely going to be right where Mel heads. Uh, she's doing so kind of a little bit single-mindedly without a lot of regard for if there's any kind of trap or, uh, like, <laughs> foible. Um, she's just excited to see that, that her kind of her theories have materialized. Okay. So she's... Camp follows watching his own steps. Okay. Frizz, anything in particular? Uh, Frizz is expertly mimicking the gand, trying to be just like him. When he throws his backpack over, she throws her hat over her shoulder. Okay. <laughs> she sees him looking around for stuff. She doesn't know what, so she's just kind of looking around, too. Okay. <laughs> You're just like, mi fake Mission Impossible. Duh, 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 duh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Looking exactly. around. Okay. Okay. Um, you do that. Y'all get in, and there are these huge stone doors right in front of you. Definitely have been not been opened in a long time. Do they have any kind of writing on them? Anything that would uh, like be familiar based on the research Mel's done? No, nothing you can tell are ordinary. Okay. Uh, just like some pictograph type stuff, but nothing that stands out to you. She's, uh, you know, she's going to glance over them a little bit, but assuming everything feels familiar or at least uh, appropriate to the research that she's done already, she's just going to jump right in and uh, try to try to open the doors, see if there's any kind of a, a recess or a catch or a handle of any kind. Okay. You do that. Um, you can find a handle, no problem. Uh, you can definitely tell that this hasn't been open very, in a very long time. And so it's going to take a bit of pushing and prying and shoving to get through this. She pulls at it. When it doesn't come nicely, she's going to say, Frizz, do you want to see? Can you give me a hand here? I'll give you two. Uh, Frizz, uh, I'm assuming you want us to, to push this, right? Uh, I think it's a pull. Um, but yeah, no, I, we definitely want to try to in this door uh, and I think it's going to take some, some effort alrighty I'll do my best am I going to be brawling this door <laughs> no you'll, you'll be uh, using some athletics Anne's going to watch their back yep Mel is basically letting Frizz do the lion's share of this she's uh, she's trying to uh, to help but um, she's you know just, just sort of not the same level of capability as Frizz in this particular department. Okay. Low center of gravity. It makes sense. Uh, 
She's going to roll this. She's going to re- spit on both of her hands. She doesn't really know why she did that, but that's what people do. <laughs> uh, she really digs her back heel into the ground, and she just oh, gives all the shove she has with her, her biceps, her pecs, everything. Her whole body is in it. Uh, standard difficulty roll? Yep. After a little bit of time, it does invite and come open. And it actually is a pull, not a push. Oh, yeah. Then she starts pulling when she realizes that's uh, <laughs> not doing anything. Uh, after she sees it open a little bit, she gets really excited and finds some inner strength and starts really, really pulling at okay. this thing with everything she's got. All right, you pull. <clears throat> it eventually comes open. Uh, you can tell that you, you're you going to need to clean some of the debris that's in front of it just to make sure it moves open all the way. Um, when Mel sort of identifies that, she'll do the sort of sweeping thing and let Frizz keep showing off her impressive strength. <laughs> oh, she's showing it off all right. Those biceps working. <laughs> um, you eventually get it open, and you open it up for all of y'all can go through. All right, um, Mel is going to uh, lead the way. Uh, lightsaber drawn, but not ignited. Okay. Um, what's the visibility like in here? Uh, not. Uh, can I see any heat uh, nope. with my heat vision? Nope. Any warmth or discernible walls? Or like, is this a corridor? Is it a large open space? There's nothing. Okay. She's going to uh, ignite the lightsaber again and see if it casts any light that will fill the space. Okay. You do it. And pretty much uh, it lights up a bit, but it goes barely past where you're at. Because mm. there's a lot of pillars and the hallway is really, really close in. Okay, um, she's gonna take uh, take a few moments, kind of take that in a little bit, and then turn back to the gand and say, "Is uh, bring any kind of a torch, like a flashlight of some kind?" Even my camping kit, I have a torch. A torch of some sort. Yes. Not you have destiny points that you can flip over. Oh, I suspect the Gand is well prepared for this eventuality. Uh, he pulls out a fusion lantern. Sweet. From his backpack. Best kind of lantern. The one's powered by fusion. Energy Frizz, of the future. As he's pulling his stuff out, Frizz is cheering, back, 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 back. Because uh, she's just so happy that he brought a backpack home. What's not the love? Things. So I light up my fusion lantern and hold it out in front of me. Uh, at this point, what do we see? Uh, you open it up, and it's just a long stone, stone corridor. You do see some brazers along the left and right-hand side. Uh, do they look like they've got like combustible material in them? Like, are, Will they ignite, or will we have to... Yeah, no, it looks like they probably could. Is that the sort of thing that, um, like, would stand the test of time? Or is this likely something that, uh, 
you know, has been recently tended to. Uh, up to you to try out. What, uh, what, what, no, sorry. What I mean is like, uh, there's something okay. in there. Yeah. Um, is infusion lantern hot? I'm actually not sure. I don't think so. No, no. It's okay. just a, a light source, not a heat source. It's cold fusion. <laughs> cold fusion. Sweet. Uh, okay. Um, well, Mel's going to step over to it and she's going to take the very tip of her lightsaber and just sort of gently tap the space as if to create some heat and warmth. Okay. See if it responds. Yeah, it kind of lights up. There's an oil in there that kind of ignites whenever you get it close enough to it. Okay. Um, do we have a sense if that would require? You like, uh, could probably use one of your starting kits that you have in one of your uh, packs because y'all do have camping style type gear that y'all have always had before. It shouldn't be a problem. There should be some type of thing that does that because I have no, I know that y'all have used or said something about that before. Mm-hmm. We, we, we do have kind of a camp, camping kit which yeah. includes stuff like that. Okay. You do that. I mean, you can get it and light it up no problem. You just got to have the proper equipment. And you can start walking down the hallway. You're going to light all the braziers along the way or just like every so often? Yeah, Mel, Mel's going to make a point of lighting them all along the way. Okay. All right, you take your time. Uh, it goes down about 40, 50 feet or so, give or take, um, and comes to another set of stone doors. Mm. Same kind of scale? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, Nothing discerning. This time, Mel's going to take a few minutes to clear the debris in front of them first, uh, assuming they also open out. And uh, after doing so, she's going to say, all right, Chris, if, if you can see if you can open these doors... That's what I'm here for. Um, she starts pushing, but then realizes that that probably won't work. So she decides to pull on the door instead. <laughs> you pull on it, and it opens pretty quickly and pretty fairly. This door was a lot easier than the last one. Very much so. Um, Mel's a little bit concerned about that, but she tries not to show it too much. Um, what do we see past here? More of the same? You uh, you see it opens up, but not, not a hallway, but it opens up into a room. Okay. Uh, are there more sort of torch uh, locations on the walls? Two of them right on the side of the wall, right, right as you come in. Large ones, too. Hmm. Okay. Um... Mel's going to step into the space and she's going to try to ignite both of them. Okay. You do pretty well. Uh, it, it lights up pretty, pretty good. Um, the room goes on for quite a distance to the left and the right. Um, like maybe 40 feet to the left and 40 feet to the right and goes deeper than what the brazers can go uh, inside uh, whenever you look towards the center of the room. Big place. And any thoughts here? I'm a bit concerned. Uh, I'm not totally sure where here we're looking for. None of my research indicates anything beyond this this kind of temple. You do see that as you're looking in that there are a couple of pillars 
in the center of the room. Ah. Well, never mind then. I won't ask my trained treasure hunter where to go. I'll just go to these pillars. <laughs> you you get closer closer to the pillars, and you notice that there are a couple of other brazers there too, large ones. Okay, uh, Mel's gonna turn those on, so to speak. Okay. You light them, and there's another couple of brazers right after that. Uh, probably about maybe roughly twenty feet, but it also lights up a pedestal. Uh, you can see a pedestal right there um, with, like, I wouldn't say a sarcophagus, but definitely or like a, a chest, an ornate chest in the middle, middle of it um, with a large type lid. Okay. Uh, Mel is going to walk past it, um, giving it a bit of a berth uh, to the uh, second set and ignite those. Okay. Uh, as she walks past, she's going to call back to Gand and say... Um, this chest could be important. Do you mind checking yeah. it to see if it's... Yeah. Gan's going to walk into the room and, and he, he's going to make uh, an, an abnormally emotional comment for him and he says, I think it might be in this chest based on my professional <laughs> opinion. Uh, Mel's back is turned to her party, but they feel her eyebrows raise in a sort of skeptical, sarcastic, oh, is it kind of response. <laughs> uh, she doesn't say anything, but the body language is really obvious. And uh, after she finishes igniting the remaining two torches, she turns around and you mind investigating it to see if it contains a lethal death trap or not. <laughs> cool. Uh, that's typically what you do before you open these things. I have heard tell. What kind of uh, atrocious difficulty am I rolling at? Uh, standard difficulty. Fifteen purples. <laughs> what the? F and seven blacks. But no feds. Oddly, it's a very elaborate but ultimately poorly made trap. <laughs> yes, and evidently I spring said trap. <laughs> you don't find a trap. But you do crack part of the sarcophagus as you kind of lean against, or chest as you lean against it. You're like, there's no trap, guys. I found it out. As you, were putting, your, as you were putting your hand on it to move and look around, you put it on there, and it pushes on and kind of cracks part of it. It's the equivalent of finding out the atmosphere is breathable by taking off your respirator. Like, yes, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> It's all good, guys. It wasn't me. It was you. No, no. And it's like, at least we're not trying to sell said sarcophagus to a rich buyer. I, I guess it could be worse. That's true. As there are no rich buyers for sarcophagi right now. Yeah, the sarcophagus market is totally busted right now. Mm -hmm. It's basically dead. <laughs> uh, once the sarcophagus is open, I'll wander over and uh, um, ask ask Frizz for a hand removing the lid. Okay, go for it. Is more than happy to give a hand removing the lid. Um, when she gets close to the cracked portion, she does smell the air just to make sure there's nothing real funky coming out of it. No, it's, I mean it's you know no air, no nothing. 
Just there. Uh, just fresh. All right. I mean, nothing that's out of the ordinary. And you could you take and try to put your hands on it. And did you roll? <laughs> You're like, and you break you break the top of the the lid, and you slide off the top of it. Frisbiz is like a little too proud of herself, so she makes sure she doesn't push it off too fast. That makes it look like it's a lot heavier than it is. No, but it's really not. Okay. You, he looks inside immediately. You you push it off and look inside. Uh, it's kind of it's a little dark, but you do see a uh, box, roughly about you know about a foot in about a foot in all directions. She looks back. Hey guys, it's, it's a it's a box. It's a box in a box here. It's a box in a box. You me open the box. I can. Okay. Yeah. Open the box. <laughs> <laughs> you grab it. Uh, and you lift it up, and you're like, there's no... You're, like, trying to find a latch or something to open it up. It's nothing. It's just... But just it's, like, intricately... one mass. Yeah, but it's nicely, nicely carved. Um, has a lot of cool symbols. Um, it's actually got some inlay on it and stuff. It looks really, really cool. Puzzle box. Um, she tries to lift it, but is it heavy? Is uh, it's not too heavy. Um, she picks it up and then goes, eh, maybe I'll put it down, um, and looks over towards, uh, Mel and Gandon, says, uh, I don't know how to open this box. Um, you guys like puzzles? I don't like puzzles. Hate them. Mel's gonna wander over. She really likes puzzles, but, okay. uh, <laughs> the last time Frizz told her something was a puzzle, it was... Like, it was trying to open a can. So she's not getting too excited. Uh, she's just going to kind of tentatively approach and be like, oh, it's probably not that much of a puzzle. Uh, and then she's just going to, like, jump into it. Like, just, just really excitedly embrace the uh, puzzle box. All right. You go to grab that puzzle box from her, and she's handing it over. Everybody make a fear check. Ooh. Three purples. Three purples, and this is cool, right? Yeah, it's cool. Sorry, yeah. It's a cool... I, I have confidence, so I get a bonus on this. With a three purple difficulty. Yeah, no, it's still not going to be good. Gandon, <laughs> pretty good. No negatives from him. Nope. I think that's the first time in, like, seven game sessions. Yep. It's all the game sessions. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, Mel is there. Um, you all kind of feel the shiver go through your body. Uh, you're just like this unnatural feeling as from the corridor that y'all came down, you see this red light light up and goes <laughs> and you see a figure standing there and a red lightsaber light up. So, well, you shit. have a choice. Give it to me and die or just die and I take it from you. Well, and all I of a sudden, I'm just going to die. 
you see the face come in and it is an armored up Sith in that typical Sith clothing and Sith armor. And as he walks in, he's scraping the ground with a lightsaber in front of him. And he's like, make a choice and initiative. Okay. <clears throat> Gand is sitting here trying to deal with his poor negotiating skills on the <laughs> give it to me and die or just die. There's I mean, a difference there. I'm not yeah. sure if he's negotiating or just having a good time. Having a good time. Uh, hold on, don't uh, nobody uh, roll yet. Nobody roll yet. Okay, sorry. Let me clear this out because it's just too much to deal with. Okay, go ahead and roll. Oh, that's too bad. I had a good roll. Oh, did what? you? Sorry. Oh, this, this is better. Never mind. <laughs> it's vigilance, probably. Yes. It's either cool or vigilance based on whether we had a plan or if a Sith walked in and just told us all to go fucking die. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's no difficulty or no. No difficulty. Yeah, it's just it's if you had had if you had felt the fear, you would have. Yeah. Okay. Some of us got a triumph on our fear rolls. Ooh, or a triumph on your initiative rolls. Damn. Damn. All of this. Is <laughs> what does bad. this mean? Uh, well, initiative is normally based on counting advantages and tie-breaking with successes, but the triumph comes before everything else. So basically it means Gand goes, then the Sith guy goes, then you and me go. Uh, me and then you. could have you. told me anything, I would have believed you. I, I may have just made that up, I don't know. <laughs> you could have so been like, I, I go coming. twice in a row. And I've been like, okay, let's do this. Seems fair, seems, seems about right. There we go. All right, uh, you notice that he's, he's definitely roughly about 30, 40 uh, feet from y'all. Um, walking in and this red, eerie, dark red saber glows and is he's just kind of swiping it across the ground. Um, Y'all have first initiative, so somebody can go first. Sanguine. It's a sanguine saber. Sanguine saber. That's going to be the name of my band. Sanguine Sanguine saber. saber. (laughs) Is that not a a euphemism of sorts? Oh, no. And is going to take one strain to aim twice and then uh, shoot with his blaster. Three blacks. Three blacks and two purples. Standard difficulty and three blacks. Okay. Tim's like shit. <laughs> I can see Tim's face. <laughs> you hit though. <laughs> really bad. Yeah. Okay. You lose one success as it bounces off with the saber automatically and you do get one hit so what are your hit and damage it is nine damage okay you do that it kind of hits him a little bit in his shoulder kind of singes part of the armor and he looks at you and goes poor poor pitiful creature and he stands there offer me a deal here (laughs) I die either way and all of a sudden, he's like, okay. And three. Roll. He leaps forward out of the air, leaps forward from the air, from the, takes all 40 feet 
jumps in front of Gand and strikes. Got any defense on you there, Gand? One second. I realize I might. Okay. I need my ball. What's wrong, Tim? <laughs> I nothing, nothing. Everything is fine here. How, how are you? Uh oh. And then he's like, <laughs> he disconnects. <laughs> I don't know why Skype does that sometimes. This is hilarious. It was like it was perfectly timed too. Yeah, it was. It was. All right, uh, just to make sure we see if he has any defense dice. Do you, do you guys have me back now? Is it yes. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Awesome. That was hilarious. It was. It was like perfect timing for you to disappear real quick. <laughs> but he yeah, leaps no, in it's... the air, and as he's leaping in the air, you hear that standard scream that you're used to. Nope, no defense dice. No defense dice. He is doing a called shot for your weapon. Okay. So that will give him... He goes to your weapon and goes and splits it in like two pieces and it's completely destroyed. And he's got some advantages. Uh, It's rolling a lot of dice. It's all bad. (laughs) He's Uh, better at lightsabers than I am. He's better at rolling too. Uh, do I take any damage? You do not take any damage because he he went straight for the weapon. A called sunder of sorts. Yeah. Worse than taking damage. You do get your your next uh, check does take a black die no matter what. Okay. Um, and that's all he's gonna be able to do with that. And your weapon is completely destroyed. Yeah. He's kind of a dick. Hey, guess what I got done watching? Uh, Rebels? Yes. Uh, sweet. <laughs> good, good ending, I, right? Right? Yeah. I, uh, I, I've been doing some study because I actually started playing Star Wars Old Republic again. Nice. <laughs> Just to get more feel for being a Sith. Yep. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's working. We're all terrified. I mean, <laughs> our characters passed their fear checks. Our players did not. Oh okay. No, players did not pass the fear checks. <laughs> okay. Uh, whether whichever one y'all is ready to go, y'all can go. Uh, I, okay. Mel's gonna go next. Um, she's basically right next to the guy because he jumped forty feet in close the distance between us. So uh, she's gonna use her force power, um, to to harm him um this is uh a little abstracted but it's basically like a force choke or like a like a death throw or a hurting of his body um it's inherently a little dark but she's she's genuinely terrified and feels like he's just gonna come kill everybody okay um so uh i've just looked this up this is the first time i've ever used this but i believe what happens is i roll a force die Mm -hmm. equal to my force rating correct um there you go and I will use that dark side power point. I Correct. will get some conflict, and I will do damage to him, ignoring soak, equal to my intellect, which is six. Okay. So he just takes six. All right. I can only do this once per encounter with him, but uh, that's just like a reaching out with the force and just like yeah. being really nasty to him. Yeah, you, you slam into him, and he's like, he looks over, and you can just see that 
you can't see his face under the mask, but you can tell that under that mask, there's like a lot of hatred coming out to you as he's done that. Uh, and then Mel is going to adopt a defensive stance with her saber. Okay. And sort of try to protect her friends. Protect her friends. All right. And... Frizz, what you going to do? Fizz. Um, she's right next to the box, because that's where she was at whenever they met the encounter. Correct. So, pretty light. She puts it on the ground real quick and kicks it away from them as far as she can uh, back uh, into the darkness there. Um, and then pulls out her lightsaber and lights it. I assume in her action she'd be able to jump on the sarcophagus and then from that jump down to get some leverage to get to him and bring a swipe down at him with her lightsaber. Uh, yeah, uh, you can do that, no problem. Uh, give me a standard difficulty for athletics, uh, and then, of course, a melee attack with your saber. All right. Uh, three blacks. All right. do, do the athletic checks first. Athletics does not have any black, right? That no, 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 no. That's, that's just standard. Good to go, no problem. Uh, and then the lightsaber check is three blacks, plus a standard difficulty of two purples. Okay. These guys are so creepy. Yeah, because every time he's moving, that scream is piercing the air. I'm sorry, you said three purples, two blacks? Two purples, three blacks. Oh, oh darn. Okay. Okay, you hit. Um, and he goes... Okay. You go and you hit. What's your base damage? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, what's the base damage of a lightsaber? Usually 10. 10. 10. Yeah, feel free to throw it out to me there because I want my book open to that yeah. particular spot. No worries. So base damage 10 and then some, some 3 it. Okay. You do that. And as you hit him, you slide down his lightsaber because he comes in and blocks it, slides down, and it cuts into his body. And then he rolls and punches you right as you come in close to him. Does that knock me back? I'm trying. I'm. I have to, I have to make a roll. Oh yeah, good point. Yes. Do you have any uh, defensive dice I need to know about? No. Okay. So standard difficulty. As he comes in and hits you, you only take five, uh, and it's only strain damage. To strain? Yeah, to strain. Oops. And I will start using some of my stuff. You will have uh, a negative to hit him. You will have an extra black dice on your next check to hit him. And I will upgrade one of my next attacks. That makes sense. She just got socked in the face. Yep. I imagine pretty hard. She might have broken her nose. Uh, she doesn't know yet. She's a little busy. Okay. Uh, where'd Max go? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Max had to putty. He's back. Yep. There's Max. All right, new initiative. Max, what are you going to do? Well. And, guys, you don't have to go in order. You're allowed to go anywhere in that. You can just choose as a team. 
Who's gonna uh, go this next? round? Mel would like to go last. Okay. And uh, she's gonna, she's just trying to sort of draw the attention of the Sith. Um, so if you guys want to even back off a little bit, that would be fine. Gand will definitely back off a little bit. And is there some kind of defensive action I can take? Uh, there is. There is a guarded stance, which adds one black check until I turn it, and you get plus one melee defense. Then, then that, that, is, that is what he is going to do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a combat maneuver. Um, cost you two strain. Okay. Because he is currently where he does not want to be. <laughs> yeah, right next to him. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. Um, Mel. Mm -hmm. He looks at you and goes, good. At least I can hit something that might survive one attack. And he goes and goes to throw and put some damage into you. Mel braces herself. She's, uh, she's never fought one of these people before, but she feels like going down swinging is not a bad place to be. Any blacks I need to know about? Oh, yeah, I have a bunch of melee defense now. Yes. Uh, when I say a bunch, it's not actually very much. Um, I have... Da -da -da. Uh, just one melee defense. So I upgrade one of his purples to a red. That is it. Oh, it's not a black? No, it's not. And he it's notices, just it's regular melee defense. Yeah. He notices that, that you've got, you know, he, he recognizes the stance right away, flips over a destiny point, takes, leaps off of the sarcophagus as uh, he pushes Frizz away with a boot and then leaps over and kind of does a spinning and comes down at you, stabbing down at you as he's coming down. Uh, that's a lot. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, yep. Um, my soak is irrelevant because he's using a lightsaber. Correct. Uh, but I do have parry, so it I can it. suffer strain to reduce the damage. Okay. You How much does he do? Standard lightsaber, standard lightsaber damage. Okay. So 10, 11, 12, 13. That's, that's many. Yes. Um, and, uh, with parry, I have, yeah, uh, supreme parry. So it only cost me one strain to use parry if I didn't attack him in the last round. And, and I have one, two, three ranks in parry. So parry is when hit by a melee attack while wielding a melee weapon or lightsaber, suffer strain to reduce damage by two plus ranks in parry. So one, two, three, four, five. So instead of taking 13, I'll take eight. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yep. Uh, and I suffer one strain to do that. Okay. And... He is going to make you drop your weapon. Okay. That's, so you go uh, in, you, you pull it down, and you've never felt this much force put onto your saber before as the saber comes and just rips out of your hand as he knocks it away, as he comes down. And he, he you hear this laughter coming from him that just pierces everything. You can just feel it chill through your body. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's not ideal. That's, uh, that's, that's terrifying. This, this man is really scary. Uh, okay. Um, at 
this point, uh, Mel or Frizz, I, I, we can go in either direction. Um, uh, Mel will go first, because she might be able to give Frizz an advantage. Okay. So uh, she is going to use a maneuver to recover her lightsaber. Okay. Uh, she's going to suffer strain to take an extra maneuver and place herself in a guarded stance, which mm-hmm. takes an extra two strain. Um, and then she's going to uh, attack him with the lightsaber. Now, you said I have three blacks? Three blacks. Okay. Uh, are any of those based on fear? No. Okay. So she is going to see if she can't use her lightsaber. Standard difficulty and three blacks and don't roll it just yet. Let me clear this out. That way we can all see it pretty good. Okay. All right. Um, that could have gone worse. Yeah. Uh, so Mel does not trigger any advantage, which is too bad. Well, 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 yeah. She could have liked recovering some of that strain. Uh-huh. But uh, she does do uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 damage. Okay. He takes that. You can see that when you hit him, he like pressures in with it and goes with it. And it kind of bounces, but still strikes him pretty solid. She's uh, She's done... She's done 21 damage to him, but I think this is the round she goes down, folks, so uh, be aware. You notice? Uh, give me a perception roll. Uh, I'm not great at that. <laughs> she's pretty, like, distracted, absent-minded professor type situation, but, uh, yeah, Mel's, uh, Mel's aware of very little here. Something seems uh, very familiar with the style he's using. Oh, okay. Um, she'll, uh, she'll mentally note that down for later and remind herself to think about it when she's not literally fearing for her life. Okay. Um, Whoever's next? I guess me. Yeah. So Frizz was knocked over by him as he went for Mel. Mm -hmm. He's pretty close proximity from her. Correct. Yeah, Yeah. he's he's still in melee. He just just used you as a springboard for dramatic effect. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be a jerk. So, um, She's going to grab her lightsaber with both of her hands while she's on the ground and uh, leap to her feet at the same time putting in a stabbing motion towards his uh, chest plate mail area. Okay. You see him whirl around as you're trying to stab him. Lightsaber comes up and he pulls it down like he know he's coming towards you. He's like... <laughs> and it lights on both sides this time. Ugh. Ugh. Three black, actually four blacks, because you have a negative to attack him this turn. I do. Okay. So two purples and four blacks. It's a lot. Yeah, it is. Ooh, the, still hitting him though. Still like, hits. Uh, yeah. Yep. That's worth twelve damage. Yep. You go in and you hit, and it, he he doesn't get it quite popped quick enough and you come in and start slicing and hits him over the side he does deflect it a bit as you've noticed that you did some damage but not a lot and he kind of reels and you hear that piercing Sith scream coming from that helmet again I gotta aim for that helmet next time (laughs) (laughs) um Y'all's turn. You got one more. You got one before before he goes. 
if you guys don't mind, I think Mel's going to jump in here because I think she Throw dies next. Okay, so Mel is going to... Um, uh, you know what she's going to do? She's um, she's just going to like concentrate all of her energy on herself, uh, use her force powers to heal herself, uh, and then she's going to step into a guarded stance again and uh, and and taunt him. She's going to say, like, is, is that all you got? Because I'm still here, and I was told the Sith were terrifying. <laughs> okay. Uh, she's going she's gonna to use some more conflict there. She's, Man, you're she's really... happy to step into her hate a little bit here. Okay. Um, there's definitely an infectious element to the way he's fighting, and she's angry, and she's afraid, uh, afraid she's going to die, afraid that this is where they meet their end at the hands of this impossible force to face down against. Um, and while she's terrified and she's trying to like to stand her ground and be resolved, like that that fear is a little infectious, and she's she's okay. definitely feeling it. Um, and, and perfectly perfectly reasonable for you to use that the the negative force die. Yeah, the dark, the dark uh, side. So I'm I'm gonna have some conflict at the end of the session, which we can we can deal with. Okay. Uh, but she does heal for six wounds, okay. and then she'll suffer two more strain to uh, to enter a guarded stance. And uh, as I say, she she calls him out pretty directly. Okay. Um, it's his turn. Um, you sit there and you do that, and he's he looks back at you and goes, "Such pitiful pitifulness." Reaches over, takes his saber, and starts spinning it towards you does that and reaches over and goes and reaches out with his hand and grips towards frizz and goes to what are we doing here goes for grabs you pulls you in and has got you wrapped around as in, like, he, it's like, it's like he force-pulled you into his body where you're back against his chest, and he takes this, and he's got the saber pointed right at your chest. He's got one in closed, the other one opened, and he's got it pointed at your chest, and he's like, take the box and leave, or she dies right now. Frizz is immediately regretting kicking that box. <laughs> um, and he's... On kicking him in the crotch because her foot is probably about there, but she knows she's not going to get to that armor. He sit there and he's got it out. Did he just say take the box and leave, or she dies right now. Uh, that is what I hear. Did he, did, was he actually saying give take, me the box and leave? Nope. Take the box oh. or she dies. Take the box. <laughs> All of a sudden, you see him, and he's got it now pointed on her chest, and it's kind of burning and eating away as her, her clothes. And he starts walking away. Um, if you would like to do some struggling to get away, you may or you may not. It I is would, up to you. I would love to do some struggling. Okay. Uh, she's going to start to start. Just, like I said, kicking at his uh, groin region, assuming that his anatomy is similar to hers. Um and would roll a brawl. It is a brawl, but now the difficulty is a lot higher as you feel yourself choked by the forts. It makes complete sense. Um, you will have a black die with this. Two black die because of that's what he's rolled on the force check. Uh, and a three purple difficulty. It makes Ooh. sense. This is a terrifying situation uh, to be in. Especially her being so small. She's probably literally just being held by the neck. Yeah. Just dangling there. You start to wiggle, and then all of a sudden the saber gets up into you, and you're like, oh, and you start pushing back into him. 
sick of my kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> Take it and go. And he starts pushing it into you. And he starts walking back with you. Uh, Not really going in. Out a like crazy high pitched squeal. Well, this is happening. Take it Dan and go. goes against the box. Totally confused by this situation. The, 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 huh? You're, you're not very good at this negotiating thing. Usually you <laughs> get what you want, we get what we want. Shouldn't it be us give you the box and you let her go? And all of a sudden, you do that, and he takes and shoves the saber through her body. Whoa. I said, take it. Frizz, you feel searing hot, hot, hot pain as this saber goes through your chest and out to the side of you. She immediately looks down at it, knowing that she shouldn't, but she does, and it's awful. And you start to fade to black. Makes sense. I will have a turn now. Which one of you are next as he pulls the saber out? Um, he is totally willing to take the box and go, by the way. <laughs> he, was grabbing, he was on his way to the box when he was having this conversation. Mel? Mel's really confused here. Um, but she's not really comfortable letting him keep stabbing Frizz. Uh, she's not totally sure. Can I can I do knowledge medicine to like know if that was a lethal blow or not? Uh, it, looked lethal, it looked lethal to you because she's no longer moving, but he is holding her still. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if Mel flies into a blind rage and stabs him with a saber, or if she like follows the like retreating crowd with the box here. You see, um, you do see him take he. Gan has the box and he is moving away. Mm -hmm. I'm going back to the ship. I'm doing exactly what I'm told to survive. Uh, okay. Um, Mel is also backing off and she's, she's following Gan. She's, they've got the box they came for and she's enormously confused by him. Um, but she, she's like a small part of her is like, is he, is he almost dead? Like, is he close to dying? Like, is that, is he afraid and he's letting us get away? Like, is that what's happening here? But Five, she's also still terrified. Four, and she really, three, she's running Two. one. Okay. You take off running and that's where we're going to end it. Okay. Uh, there we go. And we will conclude this right here and stop recording. We will be back, maybe not next week, but the week after. Thanks for listening, guys.